Good evening, Dr. Mahmood. It's such a lovely day to have you with me. So Thank my you. podcast here, Be Happy, Healthy and Wealthy. And uh, dear audience, um, I've got Dr. Mahmood here, who's an amazing uh, doctor who does power work in London. So we're going to let him talk a bit more about it. So if you want to learn a bit more about being healthy, do follow my podcast, Be Happy, Healthy and Wealthy. So Dr. Mahmood, please introduce yourself to my audience. Super. Well, it's a real privilege to uh, speak with you and, and your audience. Uh, I'm a clinician. I'm a consultant uh, physician. I have a particular interest in osteoporosis. And my uh, uh, specialty is uh, uh, rheumatology and osteoporosis. And my sort of, sort of focus is really trying to get people to have early diagnosis about osteoporosis and then um, have treatments that reverse uh, osteoporosis. And then we're really hoping that people can take an interest in their bone health at an earlier age. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't come to any issues or a clinical thing. So we set up a foundation. It's called uh, Global Osteoporosis Foundation. There's a website called Sticks and Stones. As far as the clinic is concerned, it's called London Osteoporosis Clinic. And we work out of the Shard at the London Bridge, uh, 25 and 9 Harley Street, also uh, at the Nuffield Hospital in Tunbridge Wells. And really, we have a whole stack of um, content and educational things just to get people curious about their bone or their health and uh, uh, take some proactive steps to understand whether they might be at risk. And then when they go and see the GP or whoever, uh, ask some advice about you know take, uh, identifying issues and dealing with them. Uh, obviously, if they want to come to us, we're happy to see them. But, but really, we're encouraging everyone to be proactive about their health. And as you are, um, you know, advocating to your audience to be healthy, you know, it's a great, it's a great blessing to be healthy, but mm. we need some um, focus and attention to um, really um, uh, be curious about ourselves, to take some simple things about, you know, nutrition and exercise, other things. If there are any concerns, go and seek help. Um, we're also developing some other projects, which is more speaks to the the wellness side and so on called you optimized uh, but the main thing is if we're just to focus on one thing and not have too many different sort of elements is bone health uh, our bones as you know uh, have a very vital and a critical function for us the bone marrow is in the bone the bone gives us the shape and the features that we have uh, it's an incredibly resilient um, organ Mm. And it's going through uh, many, many transitions, as you know, changing all the while. So your bones are getting stronger or weaker. Mm. Uh, and really the the plea to your audience is please think about um, this subject for you, for your family, for your younger generations, and particularly mm. for the older generations. Mm. And uh, and really sort of see the things that might be interfering with the, the health of the bone and, and do mm. remedial things to uh, improve bone health. So we've got some information on LondonOsteoprocessClinic.com, eosteo.org has mm. a ton of stuff. We have some classes on a Saturday. They're free to everybody. You can just come along. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a subject that you know we feel very strongly about. Mm. Uh, and, and it's a real you know privilege to be able to speak to you and 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 the, and the reach that you have about this subject. So thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, Dr. Mahmood. And especially you've got such a, you know, busy schedule and you still manage to schedule this in. Now, Dr. Mahmood, uh, why did you 
go down this route of going down osteoporosis and rheumatology. Because as you know, as a doctor, you've got so many fields that you can go down and yet you choose this. Why did you choose this? Yeah, I think sometimes there's a bit of serendipity and um, uh, you become curious and interested in different things. So uh, when I was a medical student, I did some rheumatology projects looking at autoantibodies and, and how that might result uh, in different disease characteristics. Uh, this was at King's. And then um, uh, when I was uh, doing some training uh, as a SHO, senior house officer, I was looking for some funding for um, uh, a research project. And uh, I, while I was waiting for that, I happened to go to a meeting at the American College of Rheumatology uh, with some friends of mine just by chance. And mm. I this was sort of early 1990. And it was amazing. So these TNFs, these treatments that we have for rheumatoid arthritis were just coming in. So the disease that's been around a long time mm. and you couldn't do very much with, all mm. of a sudden we had these treatments that can just switch it off. Mm. So, I mean, it's rheumatology, obviously we're all biased, wherever we are, we think it's the, the best things ever. But uh, the fortunate thing in rheumatology is that uh, we have such effective treatment. So if you have osteoporosis, we can reverse it. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, we can get rid of the symptoms for you. We can get, we have really effective treatments. They're safe. We can navigate them. So rheumatology is almost like surgery. So, you know, surgery, you have a lump and you go somewhere and they take it out and you're all good and you're done. You mm -hmm. don't have to keep going back to them. So historically, rheumatology was, uh, you know, you, you, you may have come across those situations where people are very polite. The rheumatologists are very polite. We had nothing much to give them. They never complained and we carried on and yeah. waiting rooms were full of wheelchairs and lots of lots of good intentions. But, you know, people got progressively worse and disabled. And, and as you may know, if you had rheumatoid arthritis as a diagnosis some years ago, it was a tantamount to having severe coronary artery disease or a severe malignancy. Your mm. life expectancy was substantially reduced. 40% mm. of people did stopped working within three or five years. It was like a, a really serious uh, situation to have. Now, make the diagnosis very early. We have very effective treatments. We've got some clear protocols. Mm. Um, they can get people into remission very quickly. Mm. And they may need treatment. Sometimes we can get people into remission without any treatment. And, and then and then you're done. So my biggest wish is when patients, um, you know, have all done and dusted and they've been discharged and and then they're doing their thing for the planet and they don't need doctors anymore. So we have uh, this sort of focus or mantra in the clinic, which is mm -hmm. we want patients to be symptom free and the minimum symptom free as immediately as possible. Mm. On little or no treatment, drugs and stuff. We use a lot mm. of holistic things and so on. So we want the drugs to be minimal or eliminated. And then best of all, no need for doctors. Mm. So, so once they're all good and, you know, you know, back to their sort of uh, best and so on, then, then you know, they're, they're carrying on with all their sort of um, responsibilities and so on. And they don't need to come to clinic because, you know, we don't want to make people dependent and, mm. you know, all sorts of things that happen uh, in mm. a clinical setting. So, yeah, the ideal thing is never to have these issues in the first place. But mm. if you do, then you get the best advice with clear plan and and focus and attention so we can get them all um, uh, resolved and, and then, you know, people back to their full function. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. And what would be your your advice? Let's say I'm in my 20s mm -hmm. and, and I'm a female, you know, and what would be your advice for me to, in a way, to prevent 
osteoporosis or any of those problems? Yes, good good question. And and then really, I would encourage all of your audiences at different age groups. You know, their sort of family, the youngsters and and older. But certainly, uh, you know, if you're uh, twenty uh, and you're so you're just in the process of you know starting uh, your 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 training or you know you're sort of finishing your education uh, university or whatever it is so so yeah if you can be a bit proactive and you know the youngsters these days are way more capable than i i was you know people in their 20s are like super organized and so on and very conscientious and thinking about lots of things and and so on so really i would be a bit curious about you read something about your bone health or nutrition exercise i know sometimes there's things come in and out of focus in terms of people do this or that for our diets are concerned but really um I think the first thing is always to start with appreciation of oneself and the sort of different things that we we have the gift of doing. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you can be a bit curious about your general health, or your, about your bone health, um, you know, avoid injuries. If you have any issues, then get you know ask some questions and get some advice. Now, if you've got lots of people in your family that have broken bones or have lost height, or you have broken bone, or you have another medical condition, then your bones might be at risk of osteoporosis too. So then you can ask some more questions, you know, get, get some advice. Obviously, we've got bits of information. There are lots of other good organizations out there with uh, with information. So I think um, if you can have a good diet, you do exercise regularly, maintain your a good weight, uh, then yeah, you're going to bones are going to get stronger and stronger. So your bone reach their peak um, uh, strength mm. uh, around about the, the 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 like your early 30s. Mm, so that's so you're yeah. you're you're getting stronger and stronger. So you need all the sort of um, the, the building blocks for for your general health, mm. um, you know, during your twenties and 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 earlier, and so so yeah, so be a little bit curious, you know, just do sort of um, sensible things. I would definitely avoid smoking. Mm. I I would be careful about alcohol if possible. Mm. Keep it to a minimum. Mm. Um, I would I would do some exercise. Um, yeah, and I would, you know, just be curious about these things for the people around you because you know Absolutely. we're all a community. So you know, you're sharing best habits with people. Mm. Uh, if you can encourage others, I mean, we have some classes, as I say, mm. we have this foundation. They can take an interest in it if, if they wanted this particular topic. But but really, it's um, um, uh, just just some relatively simple, sensible things. Mm. And I'll be careful about any sort of extreme diet where you left out whole chunks of food types. I'll be careful about alcohol. I'll be careful about any recreational drugs. I'll be mm. um, interested in doing some stuff where you're getting a little bit stronger. Avoid injuries. Mm. Um, uh, I suppose the general advice yeah. I'm sure that you okay. give a lot is so with, be with careful sort of your diet, company. Sorry, with sort of diet you're talking about, what what things in particular yeah, so I, like vitamin D, calcium? What, exactly, what sort of... yeah. So those, those supplements are, are helpful, uh, especially in the winter. So yeah, normal diet, a mix basically. You you want you know, I mean, we sort of think probably more of a a plant based diet is it has some merit, but you know people can have whatever sort of their preferences are and do some reading for themselves, explore stuff if they need to, you know, see a dietitian and so on. So the basic sort of diet with with some calcium and the calcium comes from lots of different sources, not just dairy, but a bit of dairy if you're happy with dairy. If you aren't, then that alternative. So. So basically, um, lots of vitamins and minerals and so on. But if you were going to say one thing, that would be vitamin D. Mm. And about 80 plus percent of people that we test uh, mm. have low vitamin D, mm. particularly in the in the winter. So mm. uh, 
um, you know, I would encourage people to take a bit of supplement. It's the easiest thing. If yeah. you can, check your vitamin D. Uh, what dose do regardless... you... Sorry, what dose do you advocate? Yeah, so it really depends on the individual. So we would have some people who are taking a big dose and the levels are small and others take tiny dose and the levels are, you know, in the normal range. Usually... Two um two thousand in the winter, two thousand international units in the um uh, in the in the winter. So winter is really between October and April, mm. and uh, and then summer is uh, the rest of the the, the year. And if we took one thousand or maybe not even any, it would be okay. Mm. Um, but I I would really it's like um, um a lot of stuff. Uh, it's you know you want to know in detail for you. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, I can have this population thing and I can say the population average at this, but, you know, mm. my situation is my situation. That's right. The, your listener situation is their situation. So, yes, right. you, you know, we're all incredibly, like, complex and individual. Different. And so it's worth checking the level. And there's lots of ways of checking it. It's quite inexpensive or sometimes your GP might do it. Otherwise, you can just, and if you want to, you can, I, I, I think there might be a thing on our website you can do. It's yeah. like £35 or something. It's quite... Mm. Um, so quite, you quite do, inexpensive. You are you are allowing obviously people to order the tests even without seeing you, or do they have to see you? Well, normally they would they would uh, they would see us, and then we would uh, organize the test because sometimes the uh, the the test needs some. I mean, the thing with as you know with tests is that they're like there's like zillion tests. That's right. So you got to have a a clear reason for doing the test, and then a, and a, and a, and then. A, and and correct context to ex- interpret the test, but you know they can just search and um, see vitamin D, and they can do it. And, and it's it's you know it's a it's a direct to consumer test. Good. I mean personally, I would say be a little bit curious, um, take an interest in people, you know, um, you know people around you, in your family, in your mm. community, because you know we're all a tribe. Mm. If we help, you know. By helping each other, you know, we, we're helping ourselves and, and right. the whole organism moves forward. So, um, so, so yeah, you can, you can do the test um, mm. and, and then it will give you a number. The, the yeah. reason why we want to know is because um, I've been, I mean, I've, I've been obsessing about vitamin D for 20 years. So mm. it's like, you know, we set up the service when I first got to my NHS trust a long time ago because mm. uh, it wasn't available then it's it's a little bit um, easier to access but sometimes it can be difficult they just say oh don't worry about it you're good or do something but we want to be in the optimal range as you know so, you know your advice is to be detailed and precise and particular and mm. you know you and then you have a particular sort of set of steps that people are encouraged to sort of follow so if you follow a plan mm. you need data and so the data would be to get the test done okay. uh, in lots of different ways and in fact, I could send you a link. There's loads of advice. It's all free. Yeah, yeah. You know, how much to have for which age group and so on. Love so yeah, it. vitamin D is a really um, helpful thing. And we um, say, as a summary, as a starting point, 20, sorry, 2,000 in the um, in the winter and 1,000 in the summer. Maybe have a couple of months break. But it sort of depends mm. on your level. And I would do the level because, you know, we're very complex things and, spending a little bit of time and resource trying to get the number that we know so you know we just we just need to and of then course. i normally advocate and i do my vitamin d every three to four months wow because okay. it, it does change of course and yeah. you want to know and 
they I worked in the liver unit at King's and it was a very famous place because they were the first people to set up this whole liver stuff. A guy mm. called uh, mm. uh, Roger Williams, uh, mm. incredibly capable chap. Uh, and his houseman was my consultant when I was a houseman, mm. and, uh, Professor Adrian Williams. And then, you know, and the Roger was his boss and mm. Adrian was the houseman, which is what I was to him. And he would say, if he gave him any old results, he goes, tell me, do you read yesterday's newspaper? <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You you want up to date things, you want yes, to, you want up to date, yeah. And and you want to invest in you and you know, and that's why course, I think they yeah. can benefit from you know sharing some of the content that you do with them. So really get information, um, be a little bit curious. If you need mm. help, then yeah, talk to dietitians. We're actually gonna be we're just talking, we're gonna set set up some complimentary dietary stuff for people. That's we're good. doing this yeah. exercise. So on the website. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to that as well. So the, the nutrition, we have some resource, but we're going to do a more of a like a regular thing. Mm. And exercise every Saturday morning, nine to ten, sorry, nine to half nine. Mm. We don't we just want people to have a little bit of attention on themselves mm. just to mm. see some practical things. It's quite gentle, but mm. it can be quite progressive. So, you you know, even if you're quite a regular uh, athlete, you can get some benefit from it. So sort of like a professional trainer who helps with mm. that. So it's all on Zoom. Yeah, people can just register and okay. we'll, we'll do some uh, nutrition thing as well and i'll send you the link wow that's good we're happy to share because the thing is you know if we can come from a place of service and abundance right. and and that sort of thing then then you know because for our it helps us be our purpose of course and if people are helped then fantastic and then we all you know move in that sort of and uh, you know in that sort of sense of growth so Dr. And, Mahmoud, uh, yeah so with regards to osteoporosis so as you know a lot of my audience will be lay person so yeah. how would you explain to them what what does it mean by having osteoporosis yeah, a very good question um so osteoporosis is, is is really talking about bone and how porous it is so the idea is that the bones get weaker over time now mm. this is not uh, this is not uh, compulsory. This is not inevitable. This is something that happens because a whole series of different things. People have illnesses. People don't move. People have other sort of situations where the bone gets less over time. So as we talked about, the bones increasing steadily and and sort of in a very systematic, in a precise way, up to a peak between the ages of uh, thirty and forty. So sort of early thirties, you have a peak. Mm. So now this is your maximum bone. Mm. And now things can happen along the way that it doesn't reach that full peak, mm. but then it's steady. Now, when you have uh, children, so your person in their 20s and so on, if they have pregnancies, they will lose some bone. If mm. they have illnesses, they would lose some bone. If there's something mm. else going on, they lose some bone. If they have a particular set of drugs, they would lose bone. So there could be a whole array of different mm. things where you can lose your bone. So if you lose your bone, the net result of that is, and now it becomes weaker. So mm. It's like you have a building and you've got lots of things holding it into, mm. into sort of um, uh, state and, and robustness and resilience. Now that resilience goes down and that resilience goes down because of different events Sort of, you know, you, you've got sort of situations where there's bone loss mm. and then um, it reduces, particularly as we get a bit older, particularly at the time of the menopause. And mm. the time of the menopause, we um, uh, women lose 5% of their bone per year mm. for about four to five years. Mm. So, 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 yeah, you, you have this level of resilience, this robustness, and then it, it remains steady, gently declines, and then it declines precipitously 
Mm. You can lose about 20% or even a little bit more mm. over a four or five year period. Mm. Uh, and you lose it during pregnancy and other events that happen. So, so, the, so the net result of all of that is now your bones are more susceptible to uh, mm. breaking and refractory. So the family you know, members that we might have that are losing height, mm. they're likely, not always, but at least some cases, they've got fractures in their spine. Mm. And now that's that's again not uh, you know inevitable. It's it's preventable. So our hope mm. and dream is that one day that won't happen. That's right. Um, but but people have to be curious and they have to you know understand and start yeah. preventing. So yeah, preventing is better than cure, isn't it? Yeah. Now with with your clinic, so obviously you mentioned the uh, you know all the testing and stuff that you do, all the education you're trying to advocate and you know spread. So what sort of a special treatment or anything that you offer in your clinic that um, your clients and patients could get from you? Yeah. So so basically, I think our, our sort of main thing is to be very proactive about diagnosing early. And we look at it in a lot of detail. So we do a whole stack of tests. We follow a particular process to look for secondary causes, look for underlying reasons why somebody might have lost a bone. And then um, we spend a lot of time looking at nutrition and exercise and those sorts of things. And then we use we do use drugs, but we use them secondary to a whole bunch of other things. So it's really a, a package of things. And we don't actually have any just consultant appointments. Uh, if you come to our clinic, you get a whole package of things. So okay. you get you get an appointment with a consultant, you get a nutritionist, you get exercise, you get you get a whole bunch of different things and a plan. And then we sort of very carefully track that plan over time to see that you're progressing. So we have, so people should only come to us, this is a good point you make, if they want a transformational care. Mm. If they just want a transaction, they would just say, oh, give me this, I want a prescription, I want to walk out, then then you're not the right person for us. Because mm. to be engaged with us, there's a lot of you know effort and focus and attention from us. And we we need that reciprocating. We need mm. a, lot of, a lot of sort of... Um, uh you know attention going into this thing that we're trying to do which is to reverse osteoporosis and most people you go to as clinicians and so on they're not saying oh I'll reverse osteoporosis or no one's necessarily talking about that mm. they're talking about a bunch of different things but there isn't prime focus isn't let's reverse your osteoporosis in a very um in a structured and and a, and, a, and, a, and a, an organized way mm. um so so yeah so so we have a, that sort of aspiration now if people are saying look i'm fine i'm good where i am um then then obviously you know that's 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 okay but for, for us it's, it's quite an effort for the mm. for the individual and for us mm. and it's that approach and in, in in many ways i think we are unique um in, in the approach that we take is, mm. and, and 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 the results that we achieve mm, that's good that's good with regards to the let's say i'm a menopause lady Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm coming to you and obviously I've been told by my GP that I've got osteopenia. So what sort of tests you'll be doing for me and what sort of treatment you'll be able to offer me and how many sessions? Yeah, so it would it would it little depend on the sort of the, the, the clinical scenario. But uh, um, the, 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 the first thing to do is to actually be aware that if you have osteopenia, I mean, we look at the DEXA scan in more detail than than the sort of average sort of. So we would interpret the DEXA scan in our way mm. because we, uh, you know, we, we sort of read things in 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 our sort of uh, uh, sort of perspective. Um, and the the thing to bear in mind is that 
with us, if you look at the number of fractures, so this is somebody breaks a bone because mm. of weakness in their bone, the total number of fractures is actually more in osteopenia than in osteoporosis. Oh, so wow. Osteo yeah, yeah, because osteoporosis is, it's a definition by World Health Organization. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a technical definition based on how the reading of the spine or the hip might be. Mm. It's called minus two point five standard deviation uh, below the peak bone mass for for somebody. Now, osteopenia is stronger bones than that, but because there are more people with osteopenia, a lot more people have osteoporosis. Sorry, a lot more people have osteopenia-related fractures then osteoporosis as a total number yeah but as your bones get weaker of course the proportion of people having osteo uh, having fractures is more that the bone density gets less and less more mm. people are going to have a fracture mm. but but so so it's not something to be falsely reassured thinking oh osteopenia it's not going to happen to me fractures can happen because of a whole array of different reasons mm. at at um uh, at at uh, you know any bone density so your bone density might be this and you know you can still have a fragility fracture so that's why the clinical picture is important and yeah. the test a little bit determined by your history and what's what's been happening and then we reinterpret those tests so most of the time uh, people with osteopenia if they haven't got any complications they haven't already had a fracture uh, and there are we, we, if, they, if we find something that's causing the thing we obviously correct that Okay. If you find there isn't any, then we do non-drug approaches as to, well, uh, okay. mainly with osteopenia. If you haven't got many risk factors, mm. uh, and uh, and and you know we we put some steps into play, and then you're making progress, then we're good, and we okay. we can measure things in a lot of detail to see what's going on with the bones and at a metabolic level what the bones are doing, um. So we can see how much bone is being formed, how much bone is being broken down. So so using all of that information and you mm. and how you. Um, uh, uh, progress over time hopefully your bones can get a little bit stronger and and we may be able to avoid drugs and so on but but we keep an open mind because our hope is to get you to um, stronger and stronger bones and hopefully normal bones yeah and, and so if we if we're here and we make a bit of progress then we're good and if we're not then we understand why and then correct that and then yeah. gently and carefully and gradually get you towards you know that sort of um so a lot of people mention that it's better to have weight-bearing exercises to improve the strength and density. And uh, how would you, I mean, strike a balance? Because some people, when they go and do some weightlifting, sometimes 10 kilos might be too much for them. <laughs> Maybe go for three kilos, five kilos, or what would you... Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So generally speaking, absolutely. So that as you get a little bit... Um, your muscle gets a little bit stronger, your bone gets stronger. So that's that's generally a good sort of like uh, perspective. Um, so so we are not big fans of um, this or that weight. So that's why we've got these training sessions. Your 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 sort of um, yeah. listeners and viewers are welcome to attend them, and yeah. we go through some stuff. So you can use little weights. Because mm. our main focus is not to incur an injury. Because right. if you have an injury, then it causes a whole bunch of other disruptions. It impacts your sort of uh, energy and your thinking and so on. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, exercise, definitely careful exercise. And uh, there's mm -hmm. some little stuff that we have with some other things that we use apps mm -hmm. and a whole stack of other things. Um, you can get some advice from, you know, physios and so on. Mm -hmm. The main thing would be to keep it quite 
uh, quite uh, gentle and 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 uh, doing small small things and mm. get gently stronger rather than anything too drastic or anything mm. that might incur an injury um mm. so yeah weights or, or exercise as a general thing very good um uh, but but a particular way to just be a little bit careful and if if you're not sure definitely use the smallest least weight possible the weight you know we don't want to have any injuries and if you that's right if you have a question obviously you know talk to people they'll be able of to sort of guide you guide you a little bit yeah so what would uh, what is your opinion with uh, obviously biphosphonates and all these other drugs that rheumatologists love yeah um well i i think we are lucky um, so up until i don't know 25 years ago or something we didn't have too many maybe a little bit more than that we didn't really have much and the bisphosphonates are a real step forward However, now that we've been using them for a while, we also understand a whole stack of different issues and problems with them. So they are useful drugs. If anyone's taking them, I don't want you to do anything drastic with what you're doing. Um, but there may be other options too. Um, the reason why we use them, because they have been around for a while, they are relatively safe. They can be a number of side effects. Um, and uh, they do reduce the fracture rate. So if you have osteoporosis and you had a fracture and you take these things, they, they can be helpful. So... The bisphosphonates um, uh, are an important drug. They were mm. a real step change when they first became available. Mm. We now know that they can cause issues if uh, used um, in certain people and in um, uh, certain duration. So if somebody is on a bisphosphonate, so that might be alendronic acid or residronate are the two main ones, but there mm. were all, all, years ago we used different ones. Um, and they've been on them for more than five years. If somebody in your family has been on one of these drugs, they normally once a week, and they normally ask you to take them on an empty stomach and not have any food for at least half an hour. Mm. Um, so if anybody in your family has that, mm. uh, then please make sure that they haven't been on it for more than five years. Mm. Uh, they should really be having regular reviews and follow-up tests right. to see how you're progressing. But if they have been on five years, they should be stopped and mm. reviewed and other options considered. The reason for that is that if you take them for too long, mm. um, you can get more complication, particularly a fracture in the hip. Mm. So um, there's uh, you know atypical fractures of the hip. Mm. Um, they're not common, but uh, if you, the longer you are, I've got several patients who had spontaneous hip fractures because mm. they were on these drugs for more than five or eight or 10 years. Oh. And historically, we didn't know. Um, you know. We just said, oh, here's your bisphosphonate, off you go. And some of them were on it for years. And so, you know, medicine's always evolving, as you know. And, mm. um, and so, so yeah, so if you're, if you're having bisphosphonate, please review, talk to your GP. Yes, yes, then uh, talk to your GP. Um, there are a um, number of other options that we have, uh, injections. and What sort of injection? Well, there are several injections. So there are, there's a three-monthly, six-monthly, yearly, daily a injection. Bisphosphonates. Well, the biphosphonates, but also other things. So Den something okay. um, called danusimab, which is yeah. every six months, which is a biologic. Mm. Uh, and then we have some others, which are uh, parathyroid hormone analogs, which mm. uh, may be necessary in some patients. And uh, they need to be given a bit like insulin every mm. day. Uh, so so we do have lots of um, different options. The the, 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 the bisphosphonates, they are the commonest and they've been... Um, uh, around for for a while, mm. so if anyone's taking it, it, it may be worth reviewing them. Certainly, if you've been on them for a few years, yeah, see what the options are. And uh, the, the thing to be careful with 
it, it does say um, uh, you know half an hour, but we would really advocate that people wait maybe a bit longer than half an hour before they mm. have their breakfast, mm. like an hour. Mm. Only one to two percent of it gets absorbed if you take it by a tablet form. Mm. Now that can be enough to have the therapeutic effect, but if you have your meal a little bit earlier, you got some delays in gastric emptying or whatever, then the absorption might go down and the effect. Mm. Might... There's a few other things that people need to check too when you're using them. Just make sure that they would have the full effect. But but yeah, so so thankfully we have got a few uh, different options: tablets, mm. powders, injections, and so on. Um, but we look at drugs more as a like a second. Uh, so we generally, you know, we would never give anybody a prescription and have them walk out to the clinic. We're doing a whole stack of other things, mm. uh, getting them a little bit sort of um, clear about, you know, uh, what we're trying to do and how we're going to go about doing it. And then the system and the process we're going to use okay. uh, and then use the drugs as a sort of um, as a support thing, as an adjunct mm. rather than the main thing. The main thing mm. is the individual and how they um, you know, look at the issue and and what sort of clarity and hope they have about where we're trying to get to. What would would you your opinion about HRT? Yes, so HRT is uh, really um, uh, really helpful, and we know that um, hormones are very important because, as I mentioned earlier, um, when you're um, perimenopausal, um, you lose uh, women lose a lot of bone. So the uh, so having less and less estrogen leads to quite a lot of bone loss, mm. uh, and so HRT can be helpful for a number of reasons. If you got uh, secondary causes related to osteo, uh, osteo um, to to, to uh, perimenopausal symptoms and so on, then HRT is uh, helpful. You know, um, uh, it's it's something that can be given safely, and and, and the confidence around using HRT. Um, is is improving and uh, and you know there, there's greater uh, interest and awareness and and use of HRT. So I think HRTs have a role to play definitely, mm. and they help with um, um, help with um, many different you know symptoms and so on. But as uh, far as the bones are concerned, they they can have a, an additive effect on the bone. We do have some drugs which are based on HRT, or one particular one. Um, but the effect may be not as strong as some of the other options that we have. Mm. And maybe we need to do more research in this. Mm. Um, you know, I, I spoke with um, Louise Newson some time ago, and uh, mm. she's, she's a great advocate of this and does incredible work. Mm. Um, so so I think that there are things that we can do to really fully understand and and uh, appreciate the sort of the exact sort of um, details of how best. But um, uh, if you, if you have severe osteoporosis, then HRT on its own at the moment is not proven to be enough of a mm. single uh, treatment option. But you know people are individual, and you can do different things and track your progress and 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 see how you go. So, um, estrogen is valuable for many things, including bone. Mm. I mean, estrogen goes down, the bone goes down, mm. and then and they may have a role to play in the treatment as well. But it needs more research. Okay, thank you so much. And obviously, not missing the male side of thing. What is your opinion about uh, testosterone in men? Yeah, so uh, I mean, osteoporosis is actually quite common in men. It's uh, you know, uh, when the, actually the numbers we perhaps didn't touch on. So one in two women over the age of fifty will have a fracture, which is yeah. super common. Um, and one in uh, one in five men. Uh, mm. Now, men in in the UK. Uh, maybe there's about six hundred thousand um, um, six hundred thousand men and 
maybe about you know approaching three million mm. uh, women with osteoporosis is maybe um, you know obviously it's only like a a, 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 a small well maybe a quarter or something mm. um, or less but but uh, women uh, men sorry but the the thing with men is that they usually don't get diagnosed very readily because people mm. just ignore them they say, oh you got a bit of back pain or whatever and they got fractures um then they don't know to get you know necessarily all the sort of investigations and the treatment and for a long time you couldn't get any treatment because some of them weren't licensed for men the studies were in in the women so anyhow so men have a usually in fact and you probably come across this men usually have worse outcomes for most medical conditions because <laughs> we don't seek help we we can't follow instructions we don't understand the why we have no social groups where we say oh you do this i do this i get this result we you know we're interested in football and <laughs> saying i'm all strong and you know not helping ourselves so most of the time we do really badly so so really if you got any pain if you're worried anybody in your family's got risk factors please and the risk factor just very briefly if you have a fracture somebody in your family's had a fracture you, somebody in the family had lost height you've got any of those you know like um a thyroid problem or um you know uh, epilepsy or diabetes or mm. rheumatology problem or inflammatory bowel disease any medical condition if you're taking drugs if you're smoking if you're on alcohol particularly if you're taking more than a couple of units a day mm. and then those are some of your risk factors. there's many others mm. uh, and uh, if there's some genetics so mm -hmm. so if you have any of those things please you know get people to look at you in, in, in a little bit more detail so if you have osteoporosis in men then we would again do the root cause what is the cause and sometimes mm. the testosterone may be a factor um, and he can have a, a role to play, but again, the role may be relatively minor. Mm. And there may be other options that are better, and everything's got its own risk profile. So we would have to look at that and and do the the, the assessments and so on. So so it's definitely in present in men, it definitely more serious in men. Men get less treatment, um, and yes, please, there are effective treatments available for men, and they should they should um, get help. And you know, if we have people in our family who have osteoporosis, male or female, then the risk of the rest of the family goes up and we should really get help and advice and, and just be screened for these things. Right, lovely. Yes, uh, uh, finally, Dr. Mahmoud, uh, what would be your final statement so that my audience will, yes, remember this podcast and say, yes, I remember this statement by Dr. Mahmoud on osteoporosis. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. Well, it's a real privilege to be here and thank you for your time. So the, the final thought, and the only thought is that your audience, you, we all are amazing. Mm. We are like, have awesome capabilities. And, and really, I would invite your audience, everybody, just to ex explore yourself and your capabilities and, and, the, and the, the gifts that you have mm. and try and treasure them and improve them and 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 certainly health is one of your gifts and please yeah. you know spend time and and a bit of interest uh, on that subject and uh, and yeah so uh, please you know be wowed by yourself mm. yes thank you so much dr mahmoud thank you for this interview amazing one and thank you for your time and I'm sure my audience is going to enjoy this. So be so please follow, subscribe and uh, obviously uh, look out for uh, my this episode on osteoporosis. Thank you so much, Dr. Mahmoud. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you again for your time. Bye.